Welcome to the, the Midweek, Midweek Debrief with your hosts, the London Bonnie and Scrambler of London. Welcome everyone to uh, episode three of the Midweek Debrief. Welcome back. How so, are you? Yeah, all good. I think it's time for our uh, weekly catch-up. Indeed, indeed. This is the second week that you've arrived in a car. Yeah, I know. It's uh, Do you know what? The first day we've had the melting of the snow with loads of rain. So I looked out the window this morning. It was just pouring down. And I just decided, no, it's just not a bit of me to go out in the rain um, to then record this and just be sort of damp and soggy. So... We came in the car again. Yeah. Um, have you been riding at all this week? Yes, no, I have been. I've been out a few times this week. I've been riding to work and back. Um, I, my road was just, it's like a bit of a hill and it's a residential roads and doesn't get much traffic. So any cars that have been down, they just packed the snow into this sort of thick layer of ice. Mm. So I was just sort of skating down in first gear, um, trying not to touch any brakes because you just touch anything and it just wants to slide. So, um, so no crashes this week? No, no crashes this week. We've been good. Happy Rubber days. side down. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, um, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've, I've had a decent week. Um, just cracking on. I mean, to be fair, not much riding on my side, um, mm. just because it has been so cold. Yeah, it's been freezing. But I think we've got a week of rain coming up, which is, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad off the back of last week. No, we'll, I know. We'll have to see. At least we can be back on the bikes. Um, so I guess we'll kick things off. I've I was reading my weekly MCN newsletter uh, yeah. this week. And there were a few headlines that just caught my attention. I thought I'd raise them to see, what you, see what you had to think. So first one is driverless cars are to hit the road in the new year for testing. No, I think that's an abomination. <laughs> I absolutely, yeah, no, this is um, a topic that I have quite a heated opinion on. Yeah. Um, I just don't think, I, I think it's all about control. Mm. <laughs> um but that's a, that's a rabbit hole I could go down. So that's just my opinion. How would you feel about being on the roads and there being driverless cars? Well, I don't know whether they'd have uh, people in in the car, or I mean, does that make um, you comfortable? Or as no, a biker, I don't think so. I mean, even though people might have more errors, then at least you. I mean, these things have to have microphones and stuff to pick up the sound of your bike and beeping, and because if if it's going to change lanes and its sensors haven't picked you up. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, they say that they're gonna they're gonna start on the M twenty five, which is the busiest motorway. <laughs> that will be carnage. Um, but who knows? I mean, the the article is basically saying that bikers in general are slightly concerned about it because yeah, there's no surprise. Yeah, because you know when you're on a bike, you have to be super alert of what's happening around Absolutely. you. <clears throat> if there are no passengers in a vehicle, then that's, yeah, that's 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 quite weird. But on the, su- on the subject of the M25, there's, there are now new punishments that have been brought in for those M25 protesters. You know, the, the Just Stop oh, Oil. The stop Oil, good. Yeah, which is which is really interesting because they were previously, you know, you, you, you'd see them get dragged across the road and then brought back in. And back just, and they just don't realise that by making thousands and thousands of cars sit and idle, that they're doing more damage than, you know, than they think they are. And by gluing themselves to the road and to shops and to... Uh, art in galleries and it's just not well yeah you know it's 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 a strange it's a strange i mean i'm looking forward to welcoming in the new year put it that yeah. way the last topic um that was interesting was that those norton commando the, the new norton the new commando, norton commando yeah the uh, all orders have been fulfilled 
Really? Which is really interesting because for those of you that don't know, Norton had a bit of a demise and they're now back on the scene. Yeah. Releasing new bikes. We we saw that the we saw it, yeah at the bike shed. They had yeah, one on exactly. display. And it looks nice. It does. No, they've done a really good job of it and they've managed to keep some of that classic aesthetic around the engine casings and stuff and just in the design overall. Um so it'll be quite interesting to see some of those on the road. Mm. And <clears throat> I don't know what sort of what demographic a, a person has bought them, but I think yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to yeah. see them at car you know car parks and yeah, around the bike place. meets and you know yeah. Um. So yeah, but th- th- those were the main uh, main headlines that I well I found. So speaking of uh, bikes and stuff, I was doing some further repairs to mine this morning. Oh really? So. Uh, a few weeks ago or a month ago or so, my exhaust decided to blow one of its gaskets out. So I had this leak at the header of my uh, my exhaust pipe. And it was just backfiring, and you know, because the air was getting in. So this morning I just sort of got up early and just thought I'll crack on and get the headers off, new gaskets in, so that's all buttoned up nice and tight now. Um, and then switched a few of the parts over that I sort of damaged in the, in the spill the other week. Oh, gosh. So the bike is now back to its former glory. And have you been back on the Bonnie since your crash? Yes. You have, yeah. Been back on it. It feels fine. Yeah. Um, everything's all good. But now it's uh, even better. So we'll just keep plugging along. Very good. And then the only other bit of news for me is that the Mutt Mule, aka the Mutt Mongrel, <laughs> has passed its MOT, which hey. is always always good. Um, so yeah, that happened this week. Uh, so I was very, very chuffed with that. Um, so our topic for this week is mm. what makes a scrambler? Yes. Which is, um... it's an interesting topic because I think if you'd, if we'd raised this maybe 10, 15 years ago, it wouldn't have been. No, you'd have a completely different answer, I think. You would, you would, but also it wouldn't maybe be as divisive and people wouldn't maybe have a s- strong opinions on it. No, so um, I, I have like a, a brief definition for, okay. for what a scrambler is uh, now. So it's basically... Um, Versatile, rugged design, long travel suspension, high ground clearance, uh, knobbly tyres, high mounted exhaust, low slung seat for improved manoeuvrability. Typically equipped with dual sport tyres, which handle both dirt and pavement, making them suitable for a wide range of riding conditions. And their off-road capabilities, scramblers often have distinctive aesthetic with classic retro look that sets them apart from other types of motorcycles. So that's quite interesting yeah. because I think if you'd if you'd pitched the same question to someone twenty years ago, they would have told you that a scrambler is just a motocross bike. True. But now you have this whole other genre of scramblers that have sort of popped up within the modern classic scene, mm. um, from Ducati through to Triumph and everything in between. I think everyone's had a stab at it. No, you're completely right. It's almost become a a form of marketing. It's like yeah, they either put the scrambler name or the cafe racer name on a yeah. bike that's either modern or classic in its, it's design it's a um it's a style that people like so i think all these modern companies have just taken the shot at producing something that can please to a sector of their audience 100 percent. um <clears throat> but within that there are definitely lots of bikes that are given the scrambler name that probably don't deserve it yes. would that be fair oh no absolutely i've seen some abominations yeah so i mean for me there are some i have i have my non-negotiables so if uh if a bike doesn't have this, I couldn't call it a scrambler. Yeah. And so my main ones are spoked wheels. That's the number one. Yeah, no. And the number of times you see a bike that's that, that's called a scrambler or, or even an adventure bike and it's got mag wheels. Mag wheels. And it you just think, can't be. No, it's not. And and it's just not realistic that, you know, even if it is just a styling exercise, yeah. you, you're not fooling anyone. 
um, mm. in my opinion. I think I think spoke wheels are much lighter than mag wheels, and they're they're fitted to proper scramblers for a purpose. Mm. Um, just to have mag wheels. No, just... And I guess it's also impact resistance. I, I don't know how. I can't imagine the the, the force of a, an impact from a, from a jump or a. Yeah, I, I think a mag wheel would crack. Yeah. Over a spoke which has some sort of flex and give in it. I think it would. I mean, I, I had mag wheels on my uh, Kawasaki versus adventure oh, yeah. bike in New Zealand. And when I crashed that, I didn't actually crash into anything apart from the floor. Yeah. And uh, the front, the front wheel, mm. front mag wheel cracked. Oh, cracked. Yep. Wow. And the, there was a, there was a chunk of it that I took away from the crime scene. <laughs> and, uh, and it was unbelievably lightweight. And, and kind of fragile and it made yeah, me realize it's cast that, aluminium most yeah of the it's on. cast in a in a way where it's structurally quite strong in its yeah. in its form but then as soon as it it's it's put under a, a load that it's not used to or not yeah. meant for it's, it's or a sudden impact or something yeah yeah exactly um so i dread to think of having a taking a scramble off road with mag wheels no. i mean there's even been a few times when i've been on my triumph and you sort of hit a big hole and you feel the, the shock's bottom out ping and you feel the rim has just hit the ground through the tar and you think, cool, oh. if you'd been on a mag wheel, it could have just cracked it. 100%. Um, so yeah, mag wheels is the first one. High level exhaust is the next. For me, that's, that's, that's I mean, I say it's a non-negotiable, um, but I guess with, with the scrambler topic, you're basically basing it on looks versus practicality. Yeah. And when it comes to practicality, a scrambler, in my opinion, needs to be able to cover a variety of terrain and one of those being water yeah and with a low exhaust going through deep water is not favorable it's not ideal i mean this is something that i've been wanting to change on my bike for a while because mm -hmm. mine has the low exhaust and it's one of the last bits of the bike that i sort of had on the bike from when i purchased it um so i had do have plans to go for a high level exhaust but i remember we went to salisbury plain and we crossed a few uh water crossings and you just sort of get the bubbles coming out from under the water for sure from the low level exhaust and uh I think I also caught, you know, that you've got those linkage springs that join the sections of the exhaust yeah. together. I've caught those on the floor before, green laning, and they've just snapped off. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's not it's not just about no, it's, in it's about ground clearance yeah. as well. Um, yeah, that's that that's good because I've got a I've got a low slung exhaust on my mutt, mm. and would I call that a scrambler? I don't know. It's somewhere I at least well, it wasn't branded as a scrambler, but I've I've, I've been through some deep water on that, and it was completely yeah. fine. And normally with, you know, as long as the airbox isn't underwater, you're That's pretty it. much good to go. Yeah. Um, but it's still on my list of non-negotiables. So high level exhaust is key. Next one I had was round headlight. Do you agree with this or not? Because I put, I put a question mark next to it because I wrote it down in haste. And then I looked back and I thought, I don't know. A round headlight. That's quite interesting because I suppose if, you, if you're looking at a similar style bike that has a square headlight, I'd almost be inclined to say adventure bike. Well, interesting. This is it. Um... I think from what the Scrambler has become now, from what it used to be, I feel like a round headlight is a must. Because I feel like it fits more into that modern classic genre. Um, Definitely. Uh, but then to be fair, I suppose you could have a classically styled rectangular headlight. You could. And you'd get away with that. Yeah. I think if the rest of the bike looks like a Scrambler, no one's going to be, oh, your headlight's square, so you haven't got a Scrambler. Yeah. But you've got all the characteristics of one. Yeah, I think the, the reason I put it down is because there are some bikes that from stock have quite a sort of plasticky front end where the headlight mm. is it's quite modern and yeah. triangular and modular style. and stuff yeah yeah and, and and for me that just doesn't bode well because i think part of like part of the scrambler name is is synonymous with kind of nostalgia and yeah it's kind of looking back to the 
the desert slides of California. Oh, the golden age, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I wouldn't say it's as simple as, you know, if you're MT-07, if you put spoked wheels and a high-level exhaust and around, you know, I don't yeah, think no, that would true. necessarily... There is definitely a style factor in there. 100%. 100%. Um, so the next one is Nobleys. Mm, For yeah. me, this is an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Scrambler no has doubt. it. It's just, you're not taking a scrambler scrambling on road tires. It's not going to happen. So I feel like even if you've got like a sort of dual sport tire that can take you off road, that's got to be better than just a full on road tire. Definitely. And it always saddens me in a weird way when I see, you know, a scrambler, the Triumph scrambler 1200 or a Ducati desert sled or, or even a scrambler 900 like mine. And it's running completely road, road like, like Michelin pilot road tires, yeah. like, you know, bone stock road tires, because I guess from a practicality point of view on the road, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. But in a, <laughs> from a styling point <laughs> of view, let's be honest, it's not, it's no, not ideal. I, I think um, if you're going to be using your bike for commuting and stuff and you're using it on the road most of the year, but you like maybe the seating position of a scrambler or you like the height, then maybe you'll just put road tires in it because it's it's sensible. Um, but I think it's an, it's an interesting point because a lot of people think that because I get messages from people saying, "Oh, your knobbly tires must be so slippery in the wet, and it, yeah. it does how even in the dry is that loads of vibrations." And and I think we can both say they're fine. No, I mean in mine all summer long, I've I've ridden that Triumph as I would have on road tires. Yeah, well, there there have been like, I mean, to put it plainly, there have been times where I've been behind you and I've thought you probably couldn't have much more lean angle than that. <laughs> and I'm just, I think you're very brave. Well, uh, my my. Uh... The sort of blobs on my pegs, you know, the peg sliders or whatever you want to call them, they're sort of ground away quite nicely now. Um, so, you know, you can achieve some lean angle on knobbly tyres. It's yeah. not to say that they're not capable for the road. but And have your, because you're running TKC 80s. So, I, so yes, yeah, so I had two TKC 80s when I first put the knobblies on. Then I switched the front out to, it's called an Ensign Universal Charles tyre. It's basically a remold of a classic Dunlop tyre that they used back in the 60s. Um, and that was fine. But I think in the wet, that front tire isn't so good. Yeah. So I think depending on your choice of knobbly, you have to be aware that some of them will perform better all round than others. I think the TKC 80s, my rear tire, I've had zero issue, uh, issues in the rain. Yeah. It's been absolutely spot on. Um, so I think in the future, I might actually consider switching to a TKC 80 for both my wheels just for the winter. What would you say to people who are, let's say they've got a similar bike to you and they've got you know, 80, 20 tires like yours, mm. like the TKC 80s. And they say, oh, I want to go and do a, a long trip, maybe go and do the NC 500 in Scotland. Should I change my tires? What would you say? No. They've got TKC 80s. Just they crack on. Just crack on. We did we did so many trips last year, both of us. I mean, you and your hide now, so me and my TKCs. And we did some long runs around yeah. the country and even different events and green laning and everything in between. But if you're going to, if you're going to use your bike, for scrambling in between your road use. And there's no point in switching your tires out every mm. month because, oh, next month you're going to be scrambling, next month you're going to be on the road more. So I think just crack on. And I mean, my TKC, the rear tire I fitted in May. At the beginning of May, I think I fitted it. And uh, it will probably last me until next May. And I've done probably over 10,000 miles on that tire. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a very it's, good effort. It's been a lot of mileage. Because you had, when you bought your Bonnie, it had those cross-ply tyres. Oh, they? yeah, those Victory TT <laughs> Sorry classics. to mention, though. No, 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 they, they, they look good, and that's all they do. 
<laughs> I mean, in the dry, they're not too bad, but in the wet, they're just you just don't want to ride. Fine. They're square. So you'd say you, you, you'd take the TKC-80s over those? 100%. In the wet. Well, there you go. You've, you heard it here. 100%. But how are your, your hide nows? Yeah, they're great. So I've got the hide now K60 Scouts. And they've got that solid center bead down the rear tire. So essentially, it's like a road tire. Well, yeah. So this is, this is why I chose them. Um, I, I was going to... I was, I, my, my plan was to go with TKC-80s mm. because that's everyone's plan at the start. And then my mechanic persuaded me to go with the hide nows and he said... Um, he said, oh, it's the better quality rubber. They'll last you way longer. He said, you'll, you only get three and a half thousand miles out of a TKC-80, but you'll get 12,000 miles out of a hide now. Yeah. And he showed me the style and I thought, yeah, go on then. And he also said the hide now was the only tire where you could fit a 170 section on the stock rims of the Scrambler. <laughs> really? Whereas I think with the TKC-80, you can only go up to 150. Oh, interesting. But in hindsight... Don't think it's that much thicker. No, I mean you compare our tires side by side, and there's not much difference. Mine, yeah. Mine's a 130. This is it, and so I, because I have had messages and be, oh, what size rear have you got? And I say, well, it's a 170, and it makes it sound really fat. Yeah. And what's interesting is that when you actually take the tire off, it it balloons in size because it's been squeezed onto, onto the, rim. the rim. Yeah. And it's the same because the front tire should be a 100 section, but it's mm. actually a 120. Oh, uh, interesting. And again, when you take it off, it. It pops out and you think, whoa, it looks thicker than the rear tire of the mutt. Yeah. No, no, no I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And then they get bended and squeezed, squeezed on. on the rim, yeah. Yeah, and so there, there have been times where I've had, had to take the the, the front tire off the, the rim when I because I had to get the rim trued after the oh, crash. Yeah. And um, the guy I did it had a real problem getting it back on. He's like, oh, it's so tight. And I was like, yeah. So, Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think the what I was going for, which was basically a, a chunkier look mm. i didn't really get um and the so trade-off. next time around you're going to go for the yeah. correct size yeah i will the tkc's uh yeah 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 no, and i down. think it's worth noting as well with the hide nows for anyone that's looking to get them if you do the the difference between the 150 section and a 170 is quite significant the the actual shape of the tire slightly changes so uh, with the 170 it's got quite a thick centimeter rubber yeah whereas with the with the 150 it's slightly thinner yeah, and it just looks different. So, yeah, try before you buy. Um, if you can, if you can. Um, but on that note, the hide now has been awesome. Well, that's wicked. I've done many trips. I went up to the Isle of Man on yeah. on those tires. We've done yeah, we've done loads of trips yeah, around the UK. Done, yeah, and it's been all good with pillions and everything. Yeah, it's been it's been perfect. And and for me, I find this it's quite a nice peace of mind having that centipede of rubber knowing that if you are just cruising on the motorway or you're yeah you're not wearing your nobles down yeah exactly and you can give it the beans as if it's a slick but one thing that's interesting on that is that i thought that it would slip in the wet because Mm. there's no way of dissipating the water yeah it's just solid rubber isn't it but i've never it's never Never happened no oh well just shows it's a good tie and also off-road bang on because the first time I properly took it off-road, if you like, was the Malay Beach Race in May. Yes. Now, I did voice my concerns to you about the tire because I was looking <laughs> no, at yours, I, I was looking at others, and I was thinking, oh, no. My this, brand new TKC-80. the worst. I, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I, I was concerned that it would just be slipping around and that it may have no traction in the yeah. sand. But once we'd let a bit of air out them, it was all good. It was perfect. And I do recall winning a couple of races against you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, so I'm just saying that if you, if you are going head to head that was quite a good test. Yeah. That and was and it was test. fine in a straight line, no issues. But then when it came to the the slalom style Oh, the hill climb. Um, yeah. No, no, on 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 the on the beach, you know there was that 
Oh, the circuit. That circuit. Uh, Malay 500. Yeah, I struggled with that. Yeah. I really struggled with traction. So, because the the the, the corner of the tyre is it's quite round. Ah, uh, okay. The, the, yeah, so it was slipping all over the place. Um, that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but otherwise, nothing bad to say about them. The front the front tyre is also cool. It's yeah. Got, it's got... Uh, no, it looks good. Yeah. So, but I think I will look to swap them out for some TKC80s at some point. Yeah. I, just, I think you'll uh, you'll really like the TKCs. Yeah. I've just I've now just got to burn through them. Yeah. So <laughs> um well, I guess I'll have to sacrifice the front tire probably when I switch them out. Yeah, or we'll just keep it as a spare. True. Just in case you never know. Because the wear on the front tire is next to nothing. No. I know it's, it's so yeah. Yeah, no, you should definitely keep it as a spare. You can well you you know you can never have enough spares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll wait for your next crash. Yeah. <laughs> um so I guess we've talked about what's needed on a on a scrambler. I I think it'd be interesting to talk about some examples of yeah. bikes you can buy that are given the scrambler name. Now, I've got some that I think are deserving of it and I've got some that I think should be have their scrambler badge removed. removed yeah. And mm. I'll be interested to see whether you agree. Yeah, so on. my first my first one that, are, that that I think is worthy is the Triumph Scrambler 1200. Yeah. Both the XE and the XC even though that sounds, it's XE and, and XE. It sounds so similar, but they are different. Yeah, it's C and E. Um, so yeah, not the best branding on that from Triumph, mm, but no. we love them otherwise. Um, that's a bike that out of the box is pretty yeah. much good to go, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 tall enough. It's got all the credentials to be a good scrambler. Um, the only thing that it needs out of the box is tires, because I think yeah. it, I think it comes with those Metzler Turrets. Oh, they're just no good. No. That's, so, that's it. If you're, if you're looking at whenever you're looking at buying dual sport tires, they normally have a, a, a percentage ratio yeah. for road and dirt. Um, I think the TKCs are sixty percent dirt bias, fifty percent road bias, or maybe seventy thirty. Um, I think those Metzlers are probably flipped: seventy percent road, thirty percent dirt. I think I think you're right because I had, for those that don't know, when I bought my Scrambler, um, it was from a Triumph dealership and it needed a fresh set of rubbers. Yeah. And so I said to them, please fit TKC80s. And they said, oh, no, no, policy is that we have to fit the same tyres that were on before. And I said, oh, no. And it was, those, it was those Metzlers. Metzlers. And I don't know if you remember. I remember them. Yep. So I had those for about a month or maybe two. And uh, they had fitted a, I think they had fitted a 120 to the rear. It was so thin. Oh. It was just, I, d I didn't like them at all. Some people swear by them, um, but I'm, I'm personally not a fan. But I think all the, I think, I might be wrong, but I think all of the Triumph Scrambler lineup come with those. Come with those. Yeah, I think I think they do. But I think one thing they have done well, especially with I always get them mixed up if it's the XC or the XC. It has the Olin's suspension front and rear. Yeah, the the, the, the bigger one of the two. I think it's the well, if you just say XC, it's you're right. Yeah. Whichever, yeah. <laughs> whichever one it is. Um, yeah, it's it's bang on. They hit the nail on the head with that. I think. Yeah, there's massive rear shots. Yeah, and, you know, piggyback. They're they're awesome. So I think, but it's worth saying that I don't know many bikes if any, that are scramblers that come from the factory with full knobblies fitted. Yeah. The closest I can think of is the Ducati Desert Sled, which is next on my list, which comes with Pirelli Phantom. Um, not Pirelli Phantoms, gosh. No. Pirelli Scorpions. Pirelli, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you don't Phantoms. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, the Scorpions. And and they're cool. They look good. Yeah, they're, they're a good looking part. I don't know how well they handle in the dirt. No, I've never tried them. But they, they, they look all right. But I think with that Desert Sled, I, I've also seen a few reviews from other people and comparisons to the the original Ducati 
um, Scrambler. Oh. The, the Desert Sled is just such a, a more capable bike for actual scrambling. Well, oh, what are you talking about? The, the, the Desert Sled. Is it the Desert Sled? The, the, new, the new Desert, desert Sled. Yeah, the yeah. new Desert Sled, yeah. Because they, they lifted it. They changed the uh, the tire sizes, I think, on it. Oh, 100%. So that, it's interesting you, re- you mentioned that because on my, my red list of bikes that I think need to be debadged, is I've written any other Ducati Scrambler. Because, That's it? No, because the, the rest of their lineup, I mean, it's a branding thing at the end of the day. Their, their lineup is the Ducati Scrambler, yeah. and then it will say Ducati Scrambler Night Shift or Ducati Scrambler this or that. And the the, the Desert Sled is the only one that I think is worthy of Yeah. It. No, I completely agree. Because they've actually given it the stance of a Scrambler. Yeah. And the biggest sinner of them all in that lineup is the Ducati Scrambler Cafe Racer. That's just a contradiction in itself. Yeah, and and so I think that's a really good example of where you're just you're mixing oil and water. They're, they're, they're trying things. to cover all their markets with one bike. Exactly, and I think what they've obviously done is they've they've realised Scrambler Cafe Racer. That's what's in at the moment. That's like having a Triumph Thruxton Scrambler. Yeah, it, yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. So, um, yeah, not not a fan of that. But having said that, there are people that have taken the the stock Ducati Scramblers and they've done they've yeah, done they've some made cool them, yeah. Um, but still, from from factory, not a scrambler. The third one that I thought was all right, and this is a, a sort of a different one, is the Fantic Caballero scrambler. Yeah, I've seen them. So it wasn't the first bike to come to mind, but when I was doing my research, I thought, hang on, that's what are they? Five hundred cc single? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a single, or it could be a small twin. I no, I, I'm I pretty it's sure a it's a single. Yeah. yeah, and they look good. They they've do look got, quite good. They've got good. high exhaust. They've got the, everything that ticks. They've got the retro styling. Yeah. For my criteria, they, they tick all the boxes. Yeah. Um, and so there were a couple of them at the Malamal I saw that have been yeah. tinkered with a bit and looked really yeah, smart. Look nice. I don't know how... You'd probably prefer to ride that than our 900s. Probably. No, I, I, I reckon you're right. Smaller capacity. Probably lighter weight. Yeah, I reckon. Now... Another bike that needs to be debadged is the Royal Enfield Scram 411. Yeah, that's just a, a low-capacity adventure bike to me. If that, I if mean, that. when when they when they hinted that they were bringing out Scrambler mm. using that 500 engine yeah. as as a base, I thought this is exciting. Could be something cool. It's quite a heavy engine that's relatively underpowered. Yeah, and I've had a rip on Himalayan once, and I just thought. Not not great, yeah, because it is heavy for for its engine size. Yeah. But I was disappointed with the Scram four and one. I thought yeah. the styling was was okay and and quite original. It had, yeah, it has the the plastics are done quite well. I think for 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 what they're going for, and you know it's got those little bits on the side. Yeah, no, I think it looks quite good. Um, but I read somewhere that it's actually less set up for so called off roading than the Himalayan itself. Really. Apparently. That's interesting. So, uh, you'd wonder why they'd give it that title. I yeah, guess it's just a marketing it, it, thing again. It's definitely a marketing thing, but I, I just think it's a missed opportunity because had they done a bit more rubber mounting, put some proper forks on it yeah. and some shocks. Made it more off-road biased and it could be a really good bike. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, that's the kind of bike where if they bought, if they bought that out and it was ready to go off-road, I, I, would, I would think twice about it. Because I wonder with a lot of it, because I know a lot of these brands have a big aftermarket parts um, catalogue that you can sort of shop through yourself and add bits and make your bike more. So for mine, I was looking originally 
at um because mine's a Bonneville, so it's not even a scrambler. I'm just turning it into a desert sled. Yeah. So I when I first bought it, I thought I want to jack this thing up to get it to scrambling height, a bit more ground clearance, you know. Um, and you can buy sort of shock razors and you can buy inserts for the forks that give you an extra thirty mil lift front and back, which would essentially make it the same as a scrambler. But the more I rode it, the more I enjoyed the ride height that it is. Mm-hmm. It's got such a low center of gravity that for most of my riding, it's quite comfortable. And obviously, it makes peg scraping on corners makes, easier. Exactly. There was, for a while, I'd be following Jen. He'd be scraping on every corner. I'd be thinking, hang on, <laughs> I'm I'm piling it into this corner. Why am I not scraping peg? And then I think there was one time where we were in your your uh, parking lot and you kind of, we kind of bent your bike over and I was like, okay, that's that lean angle. And then we were bending the scramble over and I was like, oh, it, it just keeps going. going. Yeah. Um, so that ground clearance is definitely significant. Um, so whether you want it or not is, is yeah, it depends on what you're after. Um, the only other bike I had on there that, that I thought could be debadged was the BMW R9T Scrambler. There are some of them oh, yeah. that look really good. But in that lineup, they do have some that, that come with, with mag wheels. And for me, that's just a it's big, a big no-no. no-no. Yeah. yeah. So uh, There's the one that's... Uh, it's the white with the red seat. Oh, the urban, the urban the GS. Urban, the urban GS. Yeah. I think that's quite smart. And that's quite well-named, to be fair. Yeah. They're not lying. No, they're not. Yeah. And, and and I think they're really cool. And there are times where, because you can so you can fit these sort of auxiliary lights on. and They do look quite cool. It's yeah. like a stripped-down adventure bike. It's like a stripped-down GS. So, they've yeah, they've hit the name on the head. And a great bike, I think. There's one other thing that I wanted to mention on this topic, and that's this niche that Malay have filled, I guess, or at least given a platform for, which is where people make scramblers out of road bikes. Yes. And I think we, we have to mention this. So the most common is the SV650, which... Well, yeah, it's dominated yeah. part of the beach race and the mile. I mean, one of my close friends um, had built one. He bought a, a crusty old SV650 early 2000s carb model stripped it down put a jigsaw front end on it new subframe with a small seat knobbly tires and yeah took it on the beach did really well um probably could have won if he hadn't piled it into that that last uh switchback corner yeah well it's gutting but as much as i love that bike i can't call it a scrambler because of the mag wheels no so yet again with my criteria it doesn't pass but it certainly looks cool and if you ever get down to a Malay event, there are loads of bikes like that. Yeah. Where you, you look at it, hang on, what is that? And then you look at it and it says GSXR on the engine. And you think, wow. Well, yeah, it's a, a Jigsaw Scrambler. But this is the thing. You could take your, it doesn't matter what bike you've got. As long as, if, if it's going to be a Scrambler in your eyes and you want to make it into that style of bike, it can be a Scrambler. But I think from a manufacturer's point of view, when they start trying to market bikes as Scramblers and they're just not, I think that's where it goes a bit, you know, hundred percent. And I think the last point to make on this, and, and for all the massive manufacturers listening, yeah. <laughs> please stop naming bike scramblers when they're not scramblers. Not because scramblers, what you end up doing is just confusing the people that are trying to find their way through the motorcycle marketplace. Yes, and, exactly. It. Um, I think it's important not to tarnish a name that is steeped in, in really exciting history. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, yeah, should we move on to the Q and A? Yes, let's let's see what questions everyone had to ask this week. Yeah, I think so there's some the, good ones. Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, Do you want to kick it off? Yeah. So, Otis West. Now, this is an interesting question. If you had to build an electric bike, what features and what style would you want it to have? Well, this is unquestionable. It would be a scrambler. Yeah. 
I think I'd build yeah an electric scrambler. I'd almost that's very appropriate, Jed, on 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 the topic no, of this know, podcast to I say know. that. So I'd almost I'd like a desert sled, I'd, but I'd I'd think to get an old Triumph T100 or T120 from like the 1960s and just put an electric motor in that. That would be it for me. So, I, I, I don't okay. know if I would yeah, design no, that, from the ground up. That's really cool. That's I think that's a really cool idea, and and, and this might become a niche in the future as it could be as it becomes harder and harder to ride internal combustion engine bikes and and the electrics us being pushed so heavily yeah you could i don't know how it would work because could you buy a frame from a 60s desert sled put an electric motor in toss it up make it roadworthy and it would still be a 60s bike well this is the thing i don't know yeah because could it could that be considered a classic vehicle well it's true who knows yeah who knows? I'm sure there's probably a lot of paperwork to go through to try and conversion of use and all that nonsense. But that's what I'd do. Well, I think that's I think that's why, isn't it? It'd be so fun ripping something like that through the oh. through Salisbury Plain or through some dirt tracks or through the woods and just complete silence. Yeah. And all, all you'd hear is the sticks and things flinging. Well, I think something that should be noted, I don't know if I mentioned it on one of the other podcasts, but I tried one of those Harley live wire. Oh. They had a test uh, a test riding day at the bike shed. So I thought, you know, I'll book on and give one a go. And it doesn't actually feel like like riding a motorbike. It's a completely different, it's a genre of its own. That's not motorcycling. It almost feels like a glorified electric scooter. It's quite bizarre. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm yet to swing a leg over an electric bike. No, you should try one out. Not not that I haven't wanted to, but I uh yeah, I'll be really interested to see what, what it's like. But yeah. that that's almost another podcast episode. Yeah, in yeah, indeed, yeah. Um but Lots of people don't want to hear about electric bikes. So if you don't want no. to hear about electric bikes, let us know and we'll, yeah. can- we'll, cancel, <laughs> we'll cancel that off it. the we'll list. Um, yeah, it's at the bottom of the list anyway, so there's no issue. Um, go on, what have you got? So I've got, how realistic, this is a good one for you actually, how realistic is it to go from a 125 to a 900? So this is essentially what you did from the mutt to the scrambler. True, true. Okay, going from a 125 to a 900 is basically going from 9 horsepower to maybe 65 horsepower. Yeah. So it's quite a bump up in power. Um, inevitably, it's also going to be a massive bump up in weight. Um, what you'll find is that um, it will take, I'd say it, it will take you a bit of time to get used to the bigger bike and mm. how it handles and how it behaves, especially around tight traffic going through. Filtering you know, and stuff, Filtering yeah. in London, yeah, because... I love riding my mountain line and partly because I can just throw it around. It's like a bicycle almost. Literally, yeah. It's like if there's intense traffic, it's like, oh, onto the pavement, down, sorry, <laughs> sorry, pedestrian, back down, swing it around, you know, whatever it might be. Or if I'm parked, if I'm parked in somewhere and like, ugh, it's inconvenient, I just grab the back and I just drag it around. You know, it's, yeah, it's that you kind can just of lift it up and throw it around. When it comes to the 900, forget about it. That's not yeah, happening. Yeah, no. Or at least it will take you, I mean, it took me probably a year of riding to get as comfortable filtering on the scrambler yeah as i was on the map it does so it's very realistic to go from a 125 from a 900 um just take your time just take it easy that's it don't rush into trying to go fast or trying to impress anyone i think if you take your time with anything you can uh, transition quite smoothly definitely and there's one more point to, to to raise on that and that's with a 125 you can ring its neck you can just give it the beans in any gear yeah and you're not gonna have any well, with the 900, with you, you open that noise yeah. tube and you're going to know oh, yeah. very quickly about yeah. it. So respect the machine. Yeah, 100%. Um, so what else have we got? What else have we got? We've got, um, we've got how many bikes do you have? Oh, that's a good question. Thank you, Basit. 
Um, so I have three bikes in London. I've got my Triumph Grand 900, my Mutt Mule, and then my Honda CRF 250 Rally, which we, was we my, haven't heard much about this bike. We haven't heard much about this bike, and 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 you will hear more about it in the future. But basically, um, it's really fun. I bought it over the summer. Yeah, it was a slightly impulsive purchase. I saw it come <laughs> up. I sent you a screenshot, yeah. and I said thoughts question mark and you said bloody good value yeah and so i picked it up the next day um it's a great bit of kit yeah it's really fun and uh my father's also got one and so we ride together and that's and that's really fun that's awesome um so yeah i've got three bikes how many bikes do you have so currently i've got two so i have my my bonneville t100 and i have a uh, 2007 sv650 s so for those of you who don't know it's essentially the sv650 was uh, a naked sports tourer so mine's just got the full fairings being the s version so it's 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 sort of a cross between uh a tourer and a sports bike it's got clip-ons um and it rides like a sports bike and it's 650 v twin it's it's quite pokey i mean it's probably got about 75 horsepower at a guess um so it's faster than my triumph would it be fair to say that that's your beta bike that is my beta bike. That is your beta bike. So it's is... got yellow wheels, but they're not normally yellow, are they? They're normally sort of brown. They're normally brownie grey, yeah, from all the, the brake dust and muck off the road. But that's usually my my daily hack, that SV. And cool. it is, it's bulletproof. Cool. Two bikes. Two bikes. Question for you. I love your filtering. Have you ever come a cropper? So I, I've had a few sort of near misses where I've been getting a bit cocky filtering and I've, you know, come up to a gap that's a bit tight and I've had to squeeze through. Um, one time I just fitted the, the the back handlebars to my Triumph, the handlebars that everyone seems to love, yep. and they're quite wide. And I was filtering on the A2 towards the Blackwall Tunnel, and some of the sections get quite narrow. And two cars just happened sort of parked parallel to each other. And as I came through the gap, my my brake levers clipped, or my brake and my clutch lever clipped both the wing mirrors, folded them back, and I sort of came to a stop sort of apologised to both people. as I'd gone past them, so I couldn't reach to fold the mirrors back, but luckily I had a friend behind me who sort of came behind, folded the mirrors back, apologised again, and we kept going. So I haven't actually come off. I had one occasion, um, I had my girlfriend on the back, and we were coming, you know, past Tobacco Dock, yeah. along the highway there, going towards the Limehouse Tunnel. And for those of you who don't know, it's, it's quite a busy dual carriageway, 30 miles an hour, and it was solid traffic. So I was filtering it, and I nipped through a gap and there was a taxi that had come in to one of those keep clear sections in the road. And it was sort of sitting at a, a jar at an angle. And as I came behind it, he decided to reverse. And as he reversed, reverse. he reversed in the middle of the road. I don't know where he was planning on going. There was a pavement behind him. Okay. And he, he reversed into my girlfriend's foot. Uh-oh. <laughs> Luckily, she was fine. I turned around and just gave him an earful. And he just sort of looked at me like he didn't know where he was. Um he, but was, that's, he probably, yeah, he probably had wired earphones in. Every no, text probably, yeah. Um, what about you? Have I ever come a cropper filtering? No. I've had many a near miss, which is just the reality of yeah. riding in London. Um, I think it's, it's a funny one because very often you, you can see the way. You can. It might, you see your path, yeah, yeah. You can see your path, but you just know that at any moment a pedestrian could just whoosh, walk out. And well, it only yeah. takes one step for them. Well, and, that's and, what and happened to me. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I'm super wary of that. But having said that, I do... It's funny with filtering. It's almost like its own sport. You get into a bit of a flow and you go swing, swing, yeah. swing. And you go left and right and it's and you just cruise through. Um, I, I, I'm also... I'm definitely more aware of my surroundings when I'm filtering than when I'm just cruising. You've got to be. 
100% because you're thinking left, right, round this end class. Yeah. Even though the traffic is stationary, you've just got so much more to be aware of. Because yeah. I think pedestrians should assume that because the cars aren't moving, there's going to be no vehicles coming through. Yeah. So, no, I've never come a cropper, but fingers crossed that will stay the same Yeah, stay the same, yeah. One more question. Yeah, go on. Okay, what's... Okay, here we go. What would you... Any other bike you would consider after your Bonnie? Mm. This is tricky. So, I love my bike for what it is. It does everything I want it to. It's looking how I like it. Um, Obviously, I'm planning to keep making changes to it. So, I have no intention to sell that bike because that that bike is the London Bonnie. Indeed. Um, But another bike that I would consider... I've I've thought about like a Tenerite or something. Mm. You know, just... Something that I can just pile all my kit on, jump on it, and I know that I can go anywhere and be in some sort of comfort. Because the Triumph isn't... It's comfortable, and I've done some extensive rides. And I mean, when I bought it, I picked it up from the north of England, and it was a four-and-a-half, five-hour ride back. Um, so it can be done, but I feel like if I've wanted to venture into Europe, something like a Tenere just to have, or even the new Triumph Scrambler, mm. the 1200, um, something a bit bigger like that. That's where I'd almost like to go for my next bike. Or a proper old school T100. Oh, yeah. 60s, a desert sled. You know, it's like a Sunday cruiser. But that's a bit of a pipe dream at the minute. Yeah, that's for uh, later down the line, isn't it? What about you? Um, Well, I think for me, um, well, I think if I got another bike, my neighbours would hate me even more. <laughs> taking um, up the street and i might just get a, a a sort of notice from the council saying that i actually need to get a permit because i'm taking up so much space yeah um if i was to get another bike something like a tenero would be awesome yeah um at the same time you know a yamaha r1 <laughs> yes would, would would be fun um or a ducati panigale um it's the kind of bike where i, I don't know if i'd want to own it i'd need to ride one first and you know because it's just so impractical yeah to be fair, that is on my list that's i think that's at the top of our list yeah. <laughs> we've been filling this scrambler talk that i'm just thinking adventure bikes and off-roading but yeah no 100 yeah. percent r1m or panigale or something yeah so uh yamaha if you're listening send us yeah. a tenere and an r1 please yes, and we'll, please. we'll be quiet um yeah no i, th- I think those, those are two cool bikes um although i think if we kissed ourselves out with our ones, I don't know what the, the followers would think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think they're fully indulged in the modern classic vibe. So just to introduce full leathers and sports bikes yeah. might not go down so well. Who knows? Well, that's something to look forward to, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think that wraps it up. Um, I think so. We've got through a lot today. Uh, we've learned what a scrambler is and definitely what it isn't. Uh, we've learned which bikes are worthy of the name and which bikes need to be debadged. So, yes. Um, as the badger myself, I will continue <laughs> on my ranting. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, see you next week. See you next week.